It's time for your weekly dose of nostalgia with the 80s and 90s Uncensored. I am Milo Dennison. And I'm Jamie Fenderson. And today we're going to talk about... Friends Retrospective. Yeah, we got a guest to help us retrospect on Friends. And that's a return guest, Jamie Burwood of TV Show Grasp. Yay. Welcome back, Jamie. Thank you. Thank you. Your name you. is as awesome as ever. It's a good <laughs> name. It is the best name. Yeah. So last time you were on the show, I don't remember if it was on air or after we were recording or whatever. I was telling you how my wife and I had started rewatching all of Friends in comment to one of your graphs about Friends. And yes. you mentioned that you were also a big fan of the TV show Friends. So. We decided it's time. Let's do a retrospective now that I have finished my friends we watch. And yeah, I just yeah. finished listening to Matthew Perry's audiobook. Oh, and you can't nice. talk about the 90s without talking about friends. So this is way overdue for us. You can't have a podcast that has the 90s in it and not talk about friends. So thank you for helping us with this. Absolutely. Yeah, I was I was surprised, like you said, that you guys hadn't done friends yet. So this is perfect timing. It is honestly like probably the formative show if not one of the top three formative shows for me growing up so it is just right up there special place in my heart for so many reasons so excited to talk about it i remember watching the show i was over at my mom's house for some reason and i was watching thursday night tv so you had mad about you friends and seinfeld i think was the order that they went in at 8 8 and I remember watching Friends and I was like, wow, this is a really good show. It's not going to last. Like, because generally I'm like, oh, good shows. No, they usually get canceled pretty quick. And boy, was I wrong on that one. But I was yeah, right about it good, like being a good show. Ten years, right? Ten yeah, years. It's one of those ten, ten one of those decades, uh, 94 to 2004. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it probably only, it, it probably, they probably just decided to end it. It's one of those shows that could have just gone on forever they let it right <laughs> maybe well i think the cast yeah. had got to a point to where they kind of wanted to start doing other stuff i yeah. think they're all dirt they're all super rich too they're like ah let's go do other things now i'm super rich yeah I love <laughs> that it ends at 10 it's such a like nice round good number. number right for like rewatches it's like easy to remember nice and clean <laughs> yeah um well should we go in a little bit of the history of the show it was uh, started by David Crane and Marta Kaufman, aired on NBC, like we mentioned. The cast, Jennifer Aniston, Courtney Cox, Lisa Crudor, Matt LeBlanc, Matthew Perry, and David Schwimmer. It got a good time slot for its initial year right after Mad About You, just before uh, Seinfeld. So it got good viewership. And right away, I believe it was a pretty top-watch series right away, I think. And uh, yeah, just kind of built from there. Everybody really liked it. Yeah, I feel like it's one of those shows that like, it came out strong. I mean, the first season definitely has a different feel. When you go back and watch some of those episodes, you definitely see how it evolved and certain character arcs kind of came into their own. But I mean, to me, going back and watching some of those first season episodes, like the writing was great from the start. The cast chemistry was great from the start. So not surprising that it connected with people right from the get go. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I believe to my understanding, kind of Matt LeBlanc's character, Joey, was like the kind of the least worked out because he was kind of initially written as just kind of like this playboy womanizer type. And Matt LeBlanc was like, I, you know, I can't play him like this because like, why would any of these girls be friends with this guy? 
right? And so he kind of got to play it, you know, turn him into a more kind of lovable, a little less sleazy, kind of older brother type. And um, listening to Matthew Perry's book too, like I didn't realize how much he contributed to the show. That whole, could it be anymore thing that he always did? Emphasis on that. Apparently that was his thing. Like that he started doing that, like even before doing the show and they incorporated it. And he'd have like occasional one-liners and he'd tell them and, um, and they'd add it to the show. So generally the way the writers worked on there is like, if it's good, we'll put it in. We're not going to be too controlling. And then in the writing room, they even tracked like dialogue and jokes to make sure all of the friends were equal in regards to uh, jokes and lines and stuff like that. So nobody was really standing out. Though from my point of view, I kind of feel like it was really the Ross and Rachel show, especially for the first few seasons and maybe the last. <laughs> like, Yeah, and I feel like it's interesting, like just you mentioned the cast and kind of the parody. I feel like coming in, David Schwimmer was the big star, which is a little bit interesting because I feel like since then you've seen some of the others really take off um, beyond that. But yeah, I feel like they they really set that example of like we are – one cast and of course this came into play with all the contract and salary negotiations that came later but um I feel like it, it there were moments where it did kind of start to sway towards like one character or one arc or whatnot but I feel like as the show went on it really kind of found that balance really nicely which I think is is one of the reasons it has had that lasting appeal it really does feel like a true kind of buddy comedy probably Maybe even the quintessential buddy comedy in a sense. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you're right. Especially like in like, I think it's seven, eight where they get into like the Chandler Monica stuff. So the focus switches to them for a while, I guess it was actually David Schwimmer's was the David Schwimmer was the one who said, hey, we should all negotiate our salaries together even though he probably could have negotiated separately and got the bigger salary. Cause like you said, he was at that time was kind of like the, the bigger star. So yeah. Nice. Yeah. No, I think it was definitely a testament to him that he, again, being the one in the position of power at the time kind of set the tone for, Hey, this is how we're going to do it. It's the six of us. We're, we're going in as a group and that made them more powerful. I think as the show went on and they were trying to figure out like what the right terms were for it to go on. I remember towards the end of the show's run there are a lot of close calls where we're like okay is season eight is this the last one will it be season nine and then finally season 10 came back with slightly fewer episodes but allowed them to kind of I think finish the show in a really nice way so it it stuck too like that's the thing it's not like they tried this out and then Jennifer Aniston became big and she pushed it one direction they all really stuck by that yeah absolutely it shows to like the friendships that they had off screen and stuff as well like the camaraderie camaraderie that stuck and uh yeah one million they each got paid one million per episode in the final couple of seasons crazy not bad not bad did you know did, did you know matt leblanc when he when he auditioned for this was broke as hell that's what i heard that's yeah. what i read i read he was super broke he had like he didn't even have ten dollars to his name and 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 when he first got paid they say he, he said he, he he got a hot meal <laughs> <laughs> and then, he, and then, like ten years later, he's getting paid. Less than ten years later, he's getting like a a million dollars an episode. Yeah. <laughs> See, Milo, there's, there's, there's hope, dude. It could happen. Well, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Gunther, James Michael Tyler. He was really just supposed to be a generic background extra, and kind of got put into that role because he worked at a coffee shop and knew how to use the coffee machine. 
And then for the first few seasons, he never said a single line. He just was there. And then it wasn't until later on that he actually got bumped. So come on, I could do that. Cast me as an extra. I know how to work an espresso machine. Somebody yeah. listening right now that's making a TV show. <laughs> Milo could do it. He I used to work it. at Starbucks yes. back in the day. Yeah. He was a bar- real life barista. I was. And he could play one on TV just as well. And Hook so was up. James Michael Taylor. His his uh, The Bleached Hair, actually, his friend was studying to be like a beautician or something like that and bleached his hair. That's why he showed up to the audition with bleached hair and they liked it. And so they made him keep it throughout the run of the series. I just, this, it's an interesting, very 90s show to me because it's, you know, people in the 90s, their aspirations were to be like a barista with and hang out with friends at their coffee shop or bookstore or whatever, or be a, I don't know, circus clown or something. And, but but you could still live in New York City as a juggler or something like this, right? In a giant and apartment. Th- yeah, so it was kind of this idealized kind of hip life where you lived in this apartment building and across the street were your friends and you're always in hijinks with your friends and you go and you hang out at the coffee house and even though you have jobs, I guess, it doesn't really look like you do because you're always hanging out either in your apartment or in the coffee house. <laughs> yeah. But it's kind of a cool, like it, I think they were kind of your TV friends, right? Cause who doesn't want to live in New York city and have some cool, attractive friends like this and have funny hijinks. Like most of us live in maybe the suburbs or a crappy part of the city and your friends are boring as hell. Right. You're like, Oh man, TV friends, cool friends. Way... <laughs> I know, yeah. right? TV friends are way better than my lame ass friends. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so true. I feel like it was definitely that like cyclical, like everyone had that desire and the show came. And then when the show came, everyone really had the desire because it made it all seem so fun. They're all just living their best lives. Everyone's like hooking up with each other. Everyone's bringing their like attractive friend of the week into the, <laughs> to the plot line. So um yeah it's definitely that idealized but I feel like a show like that right could go really well or really poorly like I could watch that same type of show and be like oh I hate all these people screw them in their expensive apartment but this show worked because it was just such an incredible cast again the great writing and you actually like wanted to hang out with these people every Thursday yeah. night yeah. they're all very likable the actors are great because they're very likable you wanted to be like did you guys ever with your like group of friends like i remember when i was in college i had like a group of friends there were four of us and we're always like the guys always wanted to be the chandler and you know the girls always wanted to be you know like it was one of those kind of things and so we'd always be like no no you're definitely phoebe and and i'm chandler and you know like and so we'd have these debates and hang and we'd literally would go to coffee shops and hang out because you know we're that kind of nerdy and uh yeah it was totally the dream be like yeah i want to be on friends i feel like everyone had the conversation about like yeah who who are you are you a monica are you a rachel you a phoebe i'm a self-designated monica i'm very neurotic and i love rules and (laughs) and order and organization (laughs) (laughs) you make you make tv show graphs so yeah right it makes sense it it fits fits. (laughs) how about you milo you're, oh you're come on! I'm a Chandler. Who else would I be? I'm not a Joey. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe I don't could know be a Ross, but be. he's kind of too obnoxious. And yeah. come on, I'm hilarious, right? 
<laughs> I, I I don't really know who I'd want to be. I just want to hang out with Phoebe. I don't care which one I am. Yeah, I'd even be one of the girls if I got to hang out with Phoebe more. That'd be fine with me. Yeah, it's funny because apparently she's the out of all of them. She's kind of like the smartest one of them in real life, but she plays the dumbest one. Yeah. of the whole group. <laughs> yeah, which is kind of funny. Yeah, and I feel like Matthew Perry feels the most similar. I've heard that said a few times, but like just seeing him in interviews, there is just so much of him and Chandler and Chandler and him. I have not yet read his autobiography, although it is on my list for Christmas. So hopefully we'll read it soon. Um, but yeah, I feel like there's just that those the person and the character are just so intertwined with that one. He wanted to audition for it and but he was actually tied up in a in a pilot for another show that take right, there yeah. was like a futuristic bang, baggage handler or something like that and yes. so he knew people that were auditioning for Chandler and they would actually visit him and be like hey how would you say this line and that yep. kind of stuff because everybody <laughs> kind of knew he was perfect for the role and uh yeah the his neurosis around women and stuff yep put in brought into the character and that kind of stuff so uh yeah i i think you're right i think he's probably closest to the actual character in real life yeah <laughs> you had some big movie star cameos too right oh yeah like huge, yeah. brad pitt who were huge like movie stars at the time but this this show was so huge itself that you could be a really big movie star and kind of make a cameo on this tv show which normally you wouldn't do if you're a big time movie star. TV's kind of like, no, we don't do TV. I'm a movie star. I don't. If I go on TV, that means my career's over or something. But big time movie stars made some cameos on this. That's how big this show was. Bruce Willis won a primetime Emmy for his guest appearances on the show. And the only reason he was on the show is because him and Matthew Perry made a bet about their film, The Whole Nine Yards. Bruce Willis thought it was going to bomb. And Matthew Perry thought it was going to be like a number one film. And Perry was like, well, if it opens at number one, then you need to come and be a guest on Friends. And that's the reason why he did the guest appearances. Wow, that's cool. I didn't know that story. That's awesome. Yeah, I <laughs> know so yeah, cool. they they really got some legit people. I feel like especially as the show went on, but even early on, right? Like Julia Roberts came in, Robin Williams, like there was that whole with him and Billy Crystal, I think, right? Coming in and if they were right. on set and like came in and improvised that whole little bit they did in Central Park. Um, so when you look back at just some of the names that they got over the 10 years, it's it's pretty crazy. Susan Sarandon. kind of like the 90s Muppet show, right? Yeah. Like, you get some big <laughs> yeah. names on this TV show. I like Tom Selleck. He was in, what, 10 episodes as Dr. Richard Burke. Yeah, yeah. He had a pretty, pretty significant arc with Monica. I feel like there was that Maybe not quite a love triangle, but I feel like he and Chandler kind of had a little bit of head to head. Mm -hmm. He would Richard would come back every so often as kind of like that more ideal man that made Chandler feel super insecure. That <laughs> yeah. X that was always lurking. But yeah, I thought his character was great on the show. Actually, I I liked them together until until Chandler came in and that that worked so well. Too. Yeah, totally agree. Like, and I think. To my understanding, he wasn't supposed to be in quite so many episodes, but they liked mm -hmm. him so much that they brought him back for more and that they had to yeah. actually, when he entered the scene, the audience applauded so much and for so long that they kind of had to reshoot some of those entrances without the audience so that they wouldn't do that. I love it. I love Tom Selleck. Yeah, he's fantastic. Dude, yeah. we love Tom Selleck. We talked Magnum about Tom Selleck on this podcast Absolutely. before. I think everybody knows our love for, for Tom. <laughs> yep. Paul Rudd was also on for 16 episodes. I don't know if he was big back then or maybe he got big later, 
But do you think he, he, I was, think he was, he was on... pretty well known? I yeah, I feel like yeah, he's he's. I mean, he's grown in terms of like it depends on who you talk to. But I feel like he's so beloved now. But even at the time, I feel like it was a big deal for him to be on um, playing Phoebe's eventual husband, Mike. As at the time, like for him to be on for so many episodes, I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. He, had, he initially auditioned for Joey. Oh, interesting. And uh, they didn't like him for it. Yeah. They liked yeah, him, but him. he just wasn't right for the role. I can't see him as Joey. Yeah, I feel like he has too much of that like sarcastic undertone mm-hmm. to him. Yeah. Um, well, I fortunately, could almost see him as a Chandler, actually. Yeah, for Matt sure. Matt LeBlanc got it because Matt LeBlanc needed that <laughs> he needed job. The money. So yeah. <laughs> it, the the TV gods were looking out for Matt. <laughs> it worked out the way it needed to. Did you see there was I was going through some trivia as well, like that Lisa, I think they should have done this, by the way, is Lisa Kudrow and Matt LeBlanc pitched a story idea that to where like later on it was discovered that they were Phoebe and Joey were having casual sexual relationship throughout the entire run of the series. And then it would be revealed and then they would go back restaging memorable scenes that would be like, yeah, (laughs) that revealing Joey and Phoebe had just finished having sex just before (laughs) that scene. Um, that would have been hilarious I mean I feel like in terms of like if I would have liked it like looking back on the show I feel like it might have been a little much but for the punchline of like the immediate reveal of just like showing that to the audience it almost would have been worth it just for that moment and then seeing that montage which I'm sure they both would have totally killed because they're so great yeah yeah I I think that would have worked better than the uh the uh Rachel and Joey love storyline that everybody hated <laughs> that was a low point that was uh-huh. that was rough and it was it was tough because i remember so that came in the midst of season eight which was in some ways such a great season i think it carried into season nine a little bit too but i i, I feel like at first i was like okay like it was kind of nice you see the soft side of joey has this crush or whatever but it just went on too much. I feel like a lot of people see that as a little bit of a jump the shark moment. If you think the show had one, some people might say it didn't and that it was great all 10 seasons, but it was a little shaky for a little bit with that storyline. I totally agree. Like everything's brilliant, but then like that one and the fact that everybody knows that it was, you're right. It kind of almost a jump the shark moment. They should have just thought like, okay, it's not working or let's play with the idea a little bit and just have them flirt with it. And then that's it. But they strung it out too long. It should have ended sooner than it did. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, agreed. That was a a rare misstep. But it's I feel like a lot of classics that comes have that right. It gives us something to talk about to be like, oh, my gosh, remember when that ridiculous thing happened on the show? So Mm -hmm. then didn't Joey get his own spinoff? Wasn't it called Joey? Joey, yes. Which lasted for two seasons, which is shocking to me. Like, I thought that was a one season. Like, you think of it as such a mess. But it was a two-season show, as far as I recall. I never actually watched it. Did either of you guys catch it at all? I I watched a few episodes of it. And, yeah, it it wasn't good. I was kind of surprised that it made it for a second season, truthfully. And I think, really, it was just the fact that Matthew LeBlanc was doing it and as joey kind of kept it going but he's you know he's a fun character but he's not a fun enough character to 
you know, he do can't a show carry around. a show himself, exactly. right? Yeah. yeah, not without the other friends. Yeah. Well, and the I thing think... is, like, what I remember from it, and I, I could be a bit wrong because obviously it's been a few years, but what I remember is most episodes, like Friends, most episodes took place in his apartment, right? But he's in California trying to make it as an actor, so why is almost every episode in his apartment? Kind of a thing. So it just didn't work setting wise as well. I think the, the weather's yeah. nice. Go outside, bro. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> the other actors then kind of did more movie type stuff, I think, later, right? So Jennifer Aniston, obviously, she's movie star. Huge. Yeah. Lisa Kudrow, remember that Amy and Michelle goofy com- oh, yeah. comedy movie? That was fun. Courtney Cox did movies. I think they all, most of them went on to do movies. Mm-hmm. Matthew Perry, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think. Matthew Perry had a few TV attempts. I forget how exactly it fit into yep. the chronology there, but um, nothing that really stuck in the same way. Um, Lisa Kudrow was great on the show The Comeback. Um, I don't know if, if, if mm-hmm. you guys have seen that, but it's wonderful uh, HBO show. Very like meta, kind of poking fun at the industry in a way that's just brilliant and just kind of shows to your point about how smart she is and just how she brings in such like intelligence to her comedy even when playing ridiculous characters um so she was great in that Courtney Cox did Cougar Town as well Cougar Town yeah yeah that was quite a huge show wasn't it yeah 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 and they've all done yeah right a couple movies I've seen a few movies with all of them in as well that were pretty good yeah, they keep they pop up. <laughs> I feel like it's it's so hard with those iconic roles, though, right? Like, I I don't think any of them will have a role that can transcend Friends. I just I don't know what could at this point. I mean, what's crazy to me is just how the show's taken such a second life. Like, I feel like I mean, I've been a Friends fan since probably junior high. So like late nineties was when I started watching into the early two thousands. I graduated high school in Oh four, which was exactly when the show was ending. So it was very like perfectly timed up. Um, It was always popular, but just in the last five years or so, I mean, I walk around and I see tons of Gen Z, like young kids, friends gear, friends shirt store. It's, it's insane how much of a re phenomenon it has become um it's wild (laughs) yeah and it's on everywhere too like at pretty much any point in time you can find friends whether it's be being shown on reruns or repeats uh or switching flipping through netflix we have a friend of my wife's every thanksgiving they watch all of the friends thanksgiving episodes that's like their thanksgiving tradition is to watch those episodes they're so good. That's like such a great idea. I like know what it was is all are the classic kids were like stuck at home during the pandemic, and then they found this show, and and they're like, "Oh, these are my friends!" And now yeah. they're super popular because they're like pandemic friends. That's how Cheers was for me. I was like, "Oh, these are my these are my buddies." Yep. Yeah, no, that timing of like it coming on to Netflix at just the right time and just finding another audience. And yeah, I it's just something about it that I feel like resonated. I don't know if there was a generation of people who hadn't quite seen it in reruns. I, I feel like it's always been in reruns, but maybe it ebbed and flowed. But yeah, it just came back with a vengeance. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have any, uh, I don't know if you have them up there. Do you have any friends related graphs for us? So I did one on 
the Thanksgivings. Let me see if I can pull it up here. Right. I feel like it was, and I feel like I did one on episode titles. Let me see. Friends is an interesting one. One that I want to do that I have not done yet. I absolutely loved the reunion special that they did a few years ago. And I mm-hmm. wanted to take a look at like what specific episodes have been referenced the most across that just because I feel like there are certain episodes that came up a lot just as a way to kind of see like what are really like the classic episodes or any other proxies for thinking about just like what are the episodes that are just really part of kind of the cultural dialogue I feel like people talk a lot about like the one with the embryos which is the one where they had the game show that one comes up a lot of course yeah or the one where everybody finds out with Monica and Chandler's relationship I feel like that one is just super iconic um so I feel like yeah something to kind of take a look at which ones come up in these kind of clip shows and reunions as part of these moments is something that I want to do yeah I did one looking at all of the Thanksgiving episodes from friends so oh well there we go speaking of that conversation yeah um so I was looking at um whether so I did a couple things one I looked at Nielsen viewership so um basically seeing whether the Thanksgiving episode had higher viewership than the season average or if the Thanksgiving episode had lower viewership, just kind of to see that differential. Um, And then I also looked at both user and critic rankings. So looking at the ranking of the episode based on like that IMDb user voting section And then I also, there's a ton of rankings out there of the Thanksgiving episodes. So I pulled like 10 or 15 articles that ranked them and aggregated them to see which ones were the most popular. All right. So So, what's the number one most popular? So based on, of the Thanksgiving episodes, based on IMDb user votes, the one with the rumor, which is the Brad Pitt episode, the Brad Pitt Thanksgiving episode, that one- was number one and then based on like the critics rankings that have been published all of those different lists in aggregate the most popular one was the one with all the thanksgivings which was the season five thanksgiving episode it has the famous like turkey on the head yes. moment mm-hmm. oh, um, yeah. and other fun flashbacks so um so that honestly i love that one too um the other ones that ranked fairly highly, um, the one where Ross got high, which is a season six episode, and the one with Chandler in a box ranked pretty high on the user votes as well. Yeah, all good ones. Oh You'll have to send us a, a link to that graph so we can yes. share with with everyone <laughs> yeah. that that graph. We must we must see it. <laughs> yes, yes. It will be much more clear what I'm talking about with the visual. But yeah, I feel like the Thanksgiving ones are just there's there's so many classics in there that you can't go wrong. Yeah, they're very popular. Uh all right. Well let's wrap the show up here. I'm sure we could sit here and talk about friends for another like half hour to an hour. Uh Jamie, again, where can people find TV show graphs? Yeah, so you can find me at tvshowgraphs.com or on Instagram at tvshowgraphs or Twitter slash X, whatever it's called these days, also at tvshowgraphs. So pretty easy, same anywhere you look. Thanks for joining us on this little step down memory lane with friends. And with that audience, we'll say we are out of here because could this show be more interesting? It was yes. just like him, right? That's why I'm the Chandler. Very nice. Yeah. 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 Perfect. <laughs> <All right. laughs>
I don't know. Very you guys fun. didn't chuckle quick enough there. So I question whether or not that was actually funny. <laughs> I was just off the microphone a little yeah. bit. That's all. I was waiting for the like the pause for like okay, the uh-huh. wrap up, like yeah. Got you, bro. I got pause. you. Yeah. Whatever. Guys. I'll be there for you. <laughs> When the rain starts to pour, I'll be so there for you. Because you're there for me too. The, uh, the creators of the show wrote that song. Really? Co-wrote it, yeah. And then it was yeah, just supposed to be the theme. And then the Rembrandts took it and made an entire song out of it. The whole thing. And now it's forever. Forever, forever. <laughs> forever associated to that one show. <laughs>